You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Every time I think I'm about ready to move on, I keep being pulled back to 12, 12, 21, second service. I gave this a, trans, a word of wisdom. And so we worked this thing. I didn't really intend to do it this way, but I worked it backwards. So I started at the backwards, and now we're at the beginning. And so it says, so as you enter into what you deem next year, he's talking about 2022, be mindful to keep your eyes only on me. Everybody say, look up. Because that's what it says next. Look upward. Have a steadfast gaze on things that are above where you're seated and where I'm seated in heavenly realm. Pay not as much attention to those things that go on around you, for they will confound you. But if you look up, everybody say look up. If you'll understand the season and the time, you'll greatly rejoice. So we're going to talk about looking up today. So I thought Pastor Robert was going to get off on my message, but he didn't. He said, I've been talking about it. And I really thought, you know, I think we got it, but it just seemed important to go one more round and talk about looking up because the word of God is very clear. And the word to us is really clear right now. It's so easy to get your eyes on so many different things that are going on because there is so much going on really for two years. It's not just one thing. It's been multiple things. And so that means we've arrived to the end of days. And that means that the devil knows his time is short. He always has. Um, he knows how this is working. He can read the Bible. But you need to understand that the things that are going on, uh, even if it's going on wars, rumors of wars, it doesn't have to affect you. Earthquakes. More earthquakes now than ever in the history of the world. Not because there's better reporting, because the earth is groaning. Because it's the end of days. Um, yes, I don't believe in destroying the planet either. Um, you know, people are concerned about the planet being destroyed. Uh, you know, we're losing this. We're lo- I believe in total, it's gone. That's what the Bible says. And so we have to realize where we're at. And so it's not a time to be afraid. It's not a time to be down. It's a time to know. He said, look up. If you knew what season it was, you'd look up and you'd rejoice. You'd be glad. Come on, it's a season of harvest. It's a season of watching people get born again and coming back to the Lord. It's a season of great provision. Come on, the, the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the, the righteous and we're the righteous and we're on the earth right now. So I'm expecting a transfer. I'm expecting God's people to be blessed. Come on, I'm expecting the word of God. Come on, God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, it's going to come to pass. So while you're looking at all this stuff going around that you can't change, you can't change wars and rumors of wars. You can't change earthquake. You can't change famine. You can't change all that. But you can tell it it can't come near you because you dwell in the secret place of the most high. Come on, it's time to be excited about what season we're in. And listen, I know this because of my own personal life. I know it's not only the devil is attacking globally and there's many things out there to mess you up globally. I also know he's intensified his attack against you personally. He's a, why he he wants to get in your mind. He wants you uh, to, to, to do things that, uh, you know, the temptations are real, but what is the cure? I have a cure. It's called look up and I need you to look up with me. I need you to look up with me. I need you to hook up with me and I need you to look up with me. 
All right. So Hebrews 12 and 2. Hebrews 12 and 2. It says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Bible says if he began a good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on. Has God began a good work in you? You're in the room. You're here. He's doing a good work in you. He will bring it to completion. If you and I let him. So looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The cross was not joy. The cross was not fun. In the natural was the most brutal way to die. But then all the things that happened into the spirit, Jesus who knew no sin became sin. He became poor that you might become rich. He took every sickness and every disease upon himself. He took it. He became it. That's why he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he went into the bowels of hell. And I believe there he destroyed the works of the devil. He went to the headquarters and he destroyed it. And then on the third day, he got up and he put his blood on the mercy seat and he sat down. And that's the joy. That's the joy, being able to look past the temptation, being able to look past the problem, being able to look past the symptom, being able to look past these current trials and tribulations, knowing that your God never fails, knowing that the word of God that you believe, that you've hidden your heart all these years, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, you're going to make it to the other side because he's not only the author, but he is the finisher of your faith but you got to have the same ingredients that he had he had faith that when he died he was getting up because now he all not only knew that he was the lamb slain he knew that he was the high priest in the order of Melchizedek he knew that he would be the high priest of our confession he knew that he would make it to the right hand he knew that you would he would make salvation available to you that's why he had joy I rejoice with joy unspeakable, receiving the end, even salvation. Come on. Come on. See, this is the deal, and I know people, it's like, it's a, it's a solemn time. I get it, I get it. Lots of people, lots of things going on, and this is happening, and that is happening. But if you want to change it, you can't stay there with them. No, seriously, you can't. Not only for us as a church, we're going to reap with joy. But that's not the way Jesus reaped. He didn't reap with solemn and sadness. He didn't reap with sackcloth and mourning. He reaped with joy. What did he reap with joy? He reaped you. He reaped you. <laughs> he sowed himself and he got you. And he's quite happy with it. He's quite thankful that he did it. And he sat down at the right hand. So what do we got to do? Look to Jesus. We got to look to Jesus. We got to look to how he did things on the earth. We got to look to his faith. But we got to look to Jesus. Everybody say, I'm looking at you, Jesus. Let's look at John's gospel. John's gospel. Of course, John's gospel has so many rich things in it. And um, it's a good place to learn about Jesus for someone who just got born again or come back to the Lord. So I think it's really one of the best first books to read. John chapter three, y'all are always familiar with verse 16, but let's look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man 
be lifted up. So why is that important? Talking about keeping your eyes on Jesus. Numbers 21, verse 9 out of the Amplified Classic. Numbers 21. It says, and Moses made a serpent who So what what did we just find? Jesus said this about himself. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, or just likened to, I have to be lifted up. Just so that's a type. So let's look at the type. Moses made a serpent. What was going on? What was going on? There was a, a plague. There was a plethora. Oh, that's a good word. There is a ton of nasty serpents because of the children of Israel's disobedience. They let the snake in. And the snake that they let in was poisonous. And there was tons of them. Too many to kill. it's, It's all around them. It's all around them. So I know we've been talking about this a lot, but it's the, it's the ongoing thing. The Lord's trying to help me. He's trying to help you. Not just you. He's trying to help me. He's trying to help everybody. We all got the same mission. Look, it says, it says and Moses made a serpent. Now, you know, sometimes in our modern thinking, I know I keep going over this with you. How many of you know that that serpent there was no uh, cast already made of a serpent. There was no d- annual, there was no daily making of serpents and throwing them up on the pole. This did not take a minute. This does not take a day. We don't know how long it took, but this took days, weeks, or even months. So before the cure came up, before it even happened, it's still going on every day. But when the cure came, When the answer came. Now, what is your answer today? I don't care what it is, whether it's a virus, whether it's a financial problem, whether it's a marriage problem, whether it's a a, a temptation of sin problem. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It's all the same answer. It's all the same answer. Why? Because the root of your problem is the devil. The root of all sin is the devil. The root of all sickness and disease is the devil. The root of all confusion is the devil. The root of all temptation is the devil. And so the root of all answers is Jesus. It says, um, made a serpent of broads and put it on a pole. And if the serpent had bitten any man, if the serpent had bitten any man, uh, here it didn't even say the serpent would prevent you from being bitten. Now, how many know you can prevent sickness and disease from coming to your house? But here it says the serpent, I mean, it wasn't saying if you looked at it, you'd be prevented. It says, and the serpent had bitten any man when he looked to the serpent of bronze. How? This is what I want to get to. Attentively. Everybody say, Lord, you got my attention. Expectantly. Expectantly. What? Lord, I'm expecting from you. With a steady absorbing gaze. Lord, I'm only looking at you. And when that person did it, he did what? And so you heard me say this before. A lot of times you and I who care for people, do you know you can't care for anybody if you yourself are a mess? You can't really take, you can't really bring people and help them if you get worn out. If you aren't doing well, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, I'm talking to every believer. Listen, listen, superheroes. Superheroes have to look to Jesus. If you're going to help somebody, and so this is the deal. I've never healed anything. 
I've never fixed anybody's problem, but I know somebody who can. I know somebody who can. And so this is the deal. While I'm looking at him, while we're looking at him, this is what I'm going to tell you. Look, hook up and look up. Come on, look with me. Let's look together. Help me to look. I want to help you to look. Well, Pastor Mark, what else we got? First of all, you got to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And have what kind of a look? Attentive. Expectant. Come on, attentive. You got my attention. I'm expecting only from you. I'm going to give you a steady, because Jesus said this in John 3, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must I be lifted up. So must I. So Jesus is the type of the serpent. And I know that makes, drives a lot of religious people crazy. They don't understand it. But listen to me. That means he who knew no sin became sin. That, mean he, that means he took every sickness, every disease. The perfect lamb of God became something so you could become something. You became righteous because he took, he became your sin. You can walk in divine health because he took, became sickness and disease. He took your poverty so that you can walk in the blessings of God. Amen. He became a curse. No, he became a curse. Just didn't take a curse. He, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. He became a curse so that the blessings of Abraham would come on you by faith. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, set your affections on things above. It says, if you be risen with Christ. So I got any born again people in the room? Do, do, I, do I got any Easter celebrators in the room? Well, happy Easter coming up, and I guess it's April this year, but you don't have to wait to Easter to celebrate. Resurrection Day should be every day for you, and if you be risen with Christ, if you're really alive from the dead, if you're really, if you're really alive from the dead, if you're really alive from the dead, you, you're looking at different things, you talk different, you act different, because you're no longer dead in your trespasses and sin, but you're alive unto Christ. If you be risen with Christ, how can we prove it? Seek those things which are above. Everybody say, look up. Remember what Abram? Look up. God himself will provide everything. But you got to look up. You got Jesus spent his ooh, Jesus spent his entire earthly ministry looking up. He said, I only say what I heard my father say. I only do what I see, what I currently see my father do. It wasn't just past, it was current. I only do what I see my father do. He was always looking up, always looking up. You know, I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't. But not very long ago, I just preached a message called Run With Your Eyes Up. It's, it's impossible to run in the natural with your eyes up. You'll trip. But in the realm of the spirit, it's impossible to run looking at things without tripping. In order in the realm of the spirit to run correctly, you got to look up. In the natural, you got to look, look around. But if you try to do that in the realm of the spirit, you'll fall. Everybody say, look up. 
If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set, how do I know? I'm looking up. Set your affections. How do I know my affections are in the right place? How do I know? Do I married people in the room? Do I people married, been married for a long time? How many of you know that after a while, sometimes you have to keep setting your affections whether you, so you don't take someone for granted, even though they've been there a while? You've got to set your affections. The same thing with God. I know at Cornerstone, I have a, we have a lot of people who've been serving God a very long time. And I'm, I'm grateful. It becomes a routine. It becomes a manner of life. But don't ever lose your first love. Don't ever take him for granted. And one of the ways you won't do that is to continually look up. Set your affections on what? Things above. What's the, how, how, do you, how do I know that I'm doing this for my life? Well, when I make decisions, do I consider the earthly things or do I consider what God wants? Do I consider the word of God first? Do I consider what he wants? Have I, you know, John 16, 13, he shows me things to come. Have I looked to him to show me things to come? Or am I just making a decision based on what I see, based on what I hear? Just natural circumstances. Or in everything, have I set my affections on him and not on things of this earth? I'm not going to make decisions based on what I see, based on what I feel, based on facts, based on anything. And even today, you know, I know so many people want to, you know, they, they, they want to base their decision based on facts. But even if those facts are accurate, they're subject to t- change because they're temporary. There's only one thing and one person that never changes. And his name is Jesus, the word of God that never changes. And so what do we got to do? We got to set our affections on him. We got to look up. Everybody say it one more time. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up. Well, see, one of the things why you want to do that is because, well, let's just do it this way. How do, I know that I, how do I know that I'm looking up? Well, it's just normal things that you see in the word of God, but I just want to remind you quickly. Matthew 6, says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye what? For, what's first mean? <laughs> it's like tithing. A real tithe comes off the top, not seeing if you have enough left. You know, a lot of people in our circles, they pre- preach first fruits different than tithe. It's not different than a tithe. First fruits just means the first of. It's not a different thing. And so first fruits and tithe are the same thing. People sometimes try to get cute with the word of God, but it, there's no need to be cute with it. Most people can't even do the regular word of God and not the cute things of the, that they come up with on their own to raise more money. But anyway, the first fruits just means the first of, the best of, off the top of. In other words, it's not a real tithe. Uh, back in the day when it was agriculture, they used to put a rod out. And when you had your herd, then the first 10% that went through, that was the tithe. You didn't send the worser ones through. You didn't, you didn't like arrange your sheep, all the blind ones up front, all the, man, you know, all the mangy ones up front. And the, you know, whatever the 10% that went under the rod, that was the tithe. Right? What am I saying? Well, seek first. So in life, so, so it's like the tithe, even the Lord giving us the tithe shows us how to do this in life. Y'all good this morning? This shows us how to do this, right? And so in life, if I'm seeking him first, when I go to make a business decision, when I make, if I own my own business, if I went to make a business decision, I would ask the Lord first. 
If I was single um, and, and looking for relationship, I would ask the Lord first if this is a good because whether he or she, depending on your male or female, you know, if you're a man and you're looking at the girl and you think she's cute, yeah, but she may be cute, but she may not be good for you and she may not be cute in 10 years for you. He's all that and he, you know, ooh, that bicep pops, you know, whatever. But sometimes after 10, 15 years, that bicep might droop. Um, uh, you don't know, only the Lord knows the future, but in everything you got to seek first God. In other words, how do you seek first the kingdom of God? Cause it's not just this spiritual thing. Well, when I come in on Sunday mornings, I'm very intense toward God. No, on Monday morning, Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say today? Seek the kingdom first. Read your Bible. Study the word of God. Pray about everything. Consult him on everything. Leave him out of nothing. Where you work. What you do. Where you move to. Where, where you live. Seek the Lord about everything. I, I know in our circles sometimes there's this misconception. that says, well, it doesn't matter what I do. The Bible says, whatever I put my hand to, he'll bless. In context, if you take that out of place, then, then, then it, the first part of that says it's for those who hearken. That doesn't mean I do and he, he hearkens unto me. He doesn't have to hearken unto you. Put him first. Put him first. Look to Jesus. When you and I do that, you say, well, I'm doing that, Pastor Mark. Why, why are you harping on this? I think because there's some stuff coming that if he's not number one, it'll shake you. It'll confound you, he said. But if he's number one, nothing will shake you. Well, Pastor Mark, I just want everything to be all right. It is in the word. It is in him. Well, I just want all this to go away. Don't, don't we all? But what if it never does? What if nothing changes and it just gets worser and worser? Oh, I'm depressing some of you. Well, I'm just speaking to it. I'm just commanding it to stop. Well, you can't command things to stop that are set for the end of the age. What you can do is watch over your life and your family and have a good life. How do you do it? Seek first the kingdom. Everything you do, God number one. It, come on. Everything you do, not just Sunday morning at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock or Wednesday, but everything you do, the decisions you make about your children, what's the most important? What's, what's the mo so God number one. God number one. God number, how do we do that? Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteous. And yes, all these natural things will be added to you. But in every area, y'all good? Everybody good? How do I do this? Well, Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that's the part we usually look at. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How do we put God first? How do we put Jesus first? How do we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? We have to know this, that when we seek him, when we look to him, when he is number one, he's a rewarder. So in this time, it's going to be very obvious those that have been seeking God because the reward of seeking God follows them. 
The reward of their life, the reward of their marriage, the reward of their children, the reward of their business, the reward of their career, the reward of everything. He's a rewarder of those that do what? Diligently seek him. Not give him a tip, not give him a nod, not, not fit him into their life when it's convenient. Not just call on him when they're in trouble. But he's the first thing that they think about when they wake up. He's the last thing they think about before they go to sleep. Their life is centered around him. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. Again, very familiar scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Aren't you glad? Not of evil, hallelujah, to give you an expected end. Then you'll call on me. You'll go and pray in me, and I'll hearken unto you. And you shall seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I remember a number of years ago, there was some a teaching popular, really drove me bananas. This guy was always talking about God is hiding from you so that you can seek him. I thought, well, that's just so stupid. I didn't even line up with the word of God. He's not hiding. He's always been in the same place. He's not hiding from you. If you can't find him, you're not looking. He can be found. Very easy. To everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's not hiding from us. He says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. And even people that are lost, the Bible says he stands at the door of their heart and knocks. Now, they got to open it on their side. But he's, he's, he's there. He's not far. He's not far. If you seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Psalms 105, 4 says, seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face forevermore. I want you to look at Psalms 24, verses 6 through 10. This is the generation. This is the time. This is the groups, the generations of people who are on the face of the earth right now. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek his face. Lift up your head, O ye gates, verse 7, and lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads. Come on, look up. Lift up your heads. Look up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. I believe we're the gates. I believe we're the door. Uh, who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Come on, the Lord strong and mighty is looking for a place that he can move through, and you and I are going to be that place. We're the temples of the Holy Ghost. We let him in, but how do you let him in? Look up. Look up. Lift up your heads. Hallelujah. And look up. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad your redemption is drawing nigh? Glory to God. I, I, this is the deal. Not only is there a look into the realm of the spirit and the natural, but I, I, so I want to remind you. Of, so this is going to look a little different than my notes. Who's ever up there? But 2 Corinthians 4.18. 
2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look at the things which are seen. So you and I have eyes, and we can look around, and we can see things. And most people, the five senses, that's where they live. They make judgments based on what they see. They base decisions based on facts that they hear. They, 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 they're moved by what they can feel. It's the sense realm, and it's where the devil works. That's his access to you and me, is the sense realm, or even the soul realm, the body realm. We look, but we're told this, we look not at things which are seen, but the things that are unseen. So I pray this over you every Sunday morning that you would have eyes that see. Remember in Luke chapter four, verse 18, remember the Bible says that Jesus came to give sight to the blind. Now, if you look at that, you might think of a natural blind person. And that is true that Jesus gave the natural, he, he healed people with vision problem. But in, in Luke four eighteen and 19, it's not talking about natural vision. It's talking about spiritual vision. It's talking about those who sit in the prison house. It's talking about those that, that are lost. And so, so they couldn't see. So we look at things which are not, which are seen, but the things, uh, but th- this is where we're supposed to look. We're supposed to look at things that are not seen. So we're supposed to look at, so for, for the things that are seen are temporary. So everything you see, every fact you hear, everything you can touch is all temporary. It's all temporary. So why would you make a decision from a realm that is only temporary? What's he saying to you? But the things which are not seen are eternal. And remember for you, eternal life doesn't begin when you leave your body. Eternal life begins when you are born again. People say, well, now they've entered into eternal life. You enter into eternal life when you believe that Jesus is the son of God and he was raised from the dead. That's when eternal life, it doesn't mean just eternity. It means a God life because everybody has an eternity somewhere. If they're not born again, they have an eternity. It's just not a good one. Those of us who are born again... Our eternal life where we're going to spend forever with the Lord uh, comes the moment we're born again. But listen, there's more to it than that. You have access into a realm that most people on the planet do not have. And then even those who are born again, most people don't even take advantage of. Remember when Paul said to the Corinthians, I can only address you as a mere man. You're carnal. In other words, you're sense ruled. Y'all don't shut down on me. Because I know you, and I know this is what you want, or you wouldn't be here this morning. You might be somewhere else, but you wouldn't be here this morning. So I know what you want. And so let's just all sharpen ourselves up a little bit. So we, I, I am not opposed to information. I am not opposed to facts. I am not an ostrich who buries my head in the sand. It's just foolish to make decisions based on facts only. It's just foolish because it's temporary. And every expert, every spurt, every expert is limited in their knowledge, no matter how good they are. There is somebody that you know who lives in you who is not limited. And for you individually, he knows everything about you, your body, 
what's best for you. And you ought to check in with him. You ought to look to him first. Amen. So I am not one who opposes natural information. I just don't make my decisions by it. That's why really in the body of Christ that it would really look really different if everybody was following the Spirit of God for themselves. Because every one of you are at different places, different things going on. Your bodies are different. Your this is different. So you can't... Never mind. That's getting into opinion and I'm going to leave it. Thank you. Because um, I promise I prayed. that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. Everything you see is temporary. But the things which are not seen are what? Function from the eternal realm. You're seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Function there. Live from there. Come on, don't just visit the throne room. Live there. Come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain. But don't just visit. Live there. Live from that place. God, God, count God in on everything. I mean, I don't think he cares what clothes you wore this morning as long as you covered. I mean, I don't know, except for the worship team, if you had a particular color of clothes to wear this morning. It's not that. Uh, does the Lord care? Because, you know, well, I just believe if whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Whatever will be, will be. I just believe God's in control. Well, he is in control as the fact that he gave you the word. But your decisions are, are so important. Amen. He, he, if God was in control of everything, the earth would look like heaven right now. Any problems up there? Any wars up there? Any sickness up there? It, come on. There's no picketing the throne up there. Injustice. No? Because that's what a lot of people don't understand. Well, if God's in control, it's a mess. Well, the, the, the good news is God is not in control. There is a God in control with a little G, but he's not my Lord and he's not your Lord anymore. And we're seated above him. But even with that, I've got to, I've got to make decisions by looking into the eternal realm. Why, why, why are we pounding this? Because the Lord pounded it. Because the Lord said, I need y'all to look up. I need y'all to look up. I need you not to pay so much attention to the things that are going on around you because they'll only confound you. They'll only confound you. Everybody say, look up. How do we look up? Well, so remember that. And then now, now let's go back. To, let's go here. Let's go to Hebrews eleven twenty seven. Hebrews eleven seven twenty seven. Talking about Moses. He said, by faith, he forsook Egypt. So let's just stop right there. So who is Moses? He was a baby. His mama saw that God's hand was on him. Put him in a basket. Pharaoh's daughter said, there's my baby. I'm going to take him. She raises him up. Uh, uh, his real mama got to be his nursemaid. So she's there to God is cool. Hallelujah. And so we got this, but he grows up a grandson of Pharaoh with all the rights and all the privileges yet with this call on his life. He it's competition of he's got it. He's living the life of luxury um, servants, everything, and yet he knows who he is and says he was able then basically to go against grandpa and mama 
not fearing the wrath of Pharaoh, for he endured how? How could you make it through that? See, sometimes we read this and we don't make it real. This is a real guy who has a real grandfather and a real mom, a real mom plus his mom who raised him, who gave him everything. I'm sure there was nothing that young man, if he wanted it, he had it. He's Pharaoh's grandson. And yet there came a time that he, how did he have to reject that life and that life? He could, the Bible says he could have enjoyed sin for a season. But what did he do? He endured. He made the hard choice. He made the hard decision. How? The only way he could do it? By seeing someone who is invisible. Somehow, his, mom, his real mama must have taught him the truth while he was being raised up. So all the time he's got this nonsense and he's got the truth. And, and the Lord somehow worked it out. When he got to the time, when it was time, he was able to look into the realm of the spirit. And he was able to see someone who was invisible. He was able to see God and he was able to follow that. He looked into the realm of eternity that you and I have access to all the time. Amen. This is the deal. You and I are always looking at something. But you and I have to determine what we look at determines what moves us. And I am just, I, I'm natural. You're, we, we all have natural eyes, natural ears. I mean, even if you try not to listen to the news today, somebody's going to tell you about it. It's all they want to talk about. This and that. So you can't hardly avoid it. But listen. <laughs> you can, you and I can even, I, we, we can start out good. I'm always thinking about, so what are you looking at? Moses was able to look into the invisible and then he was able to obey God. All that natural stuff. You know, and even at, remember at the beginning, Moses made a mistake, didn't he? He knew who he was called to be. He saw, he, he, you know, he, he saw some things, killed an Egyptian. And then he thought the Israelites would be like, our hero, our savior. They're like, who are you, dude? You think you're, what, who are you? And remember, he went to the backside of the desert for 40 years. All that. But he ended up making it. Hallelujah. There's hope for me and you. I know Moses, one of the greatest deliverers of all time, and he messed up really big and, and it didn't work out. And he went and hid for 40 years and lived another life. And then suddenly God still used him anyway. Come on, there's hope for me. I don't know if it inspires you. There, there's hope for me. There's hope for you. We, I'm going to do this. How? I'm going to endure by looking at someone who's invisible. And then, you know, uh, as we're going out, we can start real good. Remember G Peter, uh, Jesus walking across the water. Remember Jesus, I'm talking about looking to Jesus. He sees that. He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. What did Jesus say? Come. And what did Peter do? He, he got on the side of the ship, put his feet over in the middle of a storm, and he walked on the water. He walked, why? Because he was looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith. Well, he was looking to the word. He was looking into the realm of the spirit. And what was he looking at? That word come. He walked on the water because of the obedience to the word come. And you all know the account. What happened though? What happened though? What happened? What happened? He went from looking into the realm of the spirit to looking in the natural. Because the Bible says when he saw, when he saw, see, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? When he saw the wind boisterous, he grew afraid. 
This temporal stuff will cause you to have fear. If you walk in fear, you're only looking at what you can see with your eyes or hear facts with your ears. But you see, if you're rejoicing right now, if you have joy right now, you can walk on the water in the middle of the storm. It depends on where you have your eyes. Jesus is telling me, he's telling you, look up. Get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on me. Because if you don't, the things that are going on will confound you. What is that? That's a word of wisdom. that's, That's a word of wisdom. He's telling you something in the future. But it doesn't have to affect you. Everybody say, look up. Hallelujah. What about the first group of the Israelites? After they come out and all those mighty signs and wonders. Remember, Joshua and Caleb had a different report. They spoke their words and God was pleased with them. You know, they said, we're well able. We're well able. Why? Because they were looking at what God said. They were looking into the realm of the spirit. They weren't even born again. Yet they were able to believe God what he said. They, they, they said, we're well able. Come on, everybody say, we're well able. And God said they had a spirit of faith. They had a different spirit about them. But the rest of them, the other 10 spies who saw the same miracle, who walked through the same Red Sea, who saw all the plagues, who walked out with silver and gold, and there were none sick or feeble among them. When they got to where the the Lord had promised them, they began to look with their eyes. What did they see? They saw walled cities, not the God who is able to deliver them. They saw giants, and what did they think about themselves? We're just a grasshopper. We're slaves. We're not fighters. They're big. They're big. They're strong. They're of the giants. They're of the sons of Anak. What happened? Because of what they saw. Joshua and Caleb, same, they're men. They saw the same thing, but they chose to look into the realm of the spirit and they saw something that the others couldn't see. And God called it a spirit of faith. Amen. Come on, I'm looking at people with a spirit of faith. I'm looking, come on, we're we're looking into the realm of the spirit. What do you see? What do you see? I see victory. I see us coming out. I see the best days of the church. I see your best days. Amen. I see you winning. And when you're done, I see you winning again. Come on, I see you always conquering. I see you overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. It depends on what you look at. Remember that Elisha's servant one time, they were surrounded by enemies. And Elisha prayed a prayer that I would like to pray for you. Father, open their eyes. Why? What did Elisha say? There's more with us. Come on, there's more with us. If God is on your side, there's more with you. Come on, if Jesus is your Savior, if he's the Lord of your life, there's more with you. It doesn't matter what's going on. Open our eyes. Hallelujah. One of the greatest, we we talk about this one all the time. It says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by looking into the realm of the spirit, not by looking at what we can see. Y'all stand. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.